Welcome to the Early Motherhood Guide podcast. Are you a new mom feeling overwhelmed and don't know where to start? Then this podcast is for you. Hey mamas, I'm Lacey Reason here for your breastfeeding season. If you're like most moms, the transition into motherhood can be a little overwhelming. In this podcast, I will give you tools and advice as a lactation counselor, as well as interviewing experts to help make early motherhood a little less daunting. So sit back, relax, grab a cup of coffee, and let me help guide you through these early days of motherhood. Hey mamas, I am Lacey, your lactation counselor, and you're listening to the Early Motherhood Guide podcast. Today, I have the opportunity to talk to Sarah Bryn. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hello, I am Sarah Bryn. I know it looks a bit funny. It's the Irish, don't worry, it's the Irish spelling. So I work in a primary school and I would tell kids it's burn, like you burn yourself on something hot. Uh Which then backfires and they call me Mrs. Hot (laughs) the rest of the time, which is fine. Um, But I am a period and a life coach and I guide women to create massive change by syncing their energy and their cycles and really just taking them on a journey so that they can remember that they do actually know what their body is trying to say to them and it's not a foreign entity that they are at war with and so that they can make peace with their bodies and make peace with the lives that they have. I love that. Um, So what is menstrual cycle awareness? Well, it is kind of what it says on the tin. It's an awareness of your menstrual cycle. So the Red School, which is a menstruality school um, in the UK, they are in the US now, but you will most have most commonly heard of the book Wild Power. So they um, wrote that book. They coined menstrual cycle awareness. Um, and effectively what it is, is it's a an awareness of your menstrual cycle. So they break up the menstrual cycle into seasons. So your winter is from day one of your bleed. And then you move into spring, summer, and autumn slash fall, depending on where you're located. (laughs) And it's really helpful for women because we don't understand because we're not taught to understand our bodies, right? But we can look outside and know what they're doing the animals are doing outside in the winter, right? So then we can go, oh, well, if they're hibernating, they're resting, they're, um, you know, getting ready to get all cozy and stuff in the winter. Well, maybe that's what my body wants me to do. And it just helps bring you back from an outside view to an inside view. Um, So that's pretty much menstrual cycle awareness in a nutshell. (laughs) Okay. Interesting. Um, How do you think that this would benefit women being aware of all of this well for a start it's like the fifth vital sign so there's actually a book called the fifth vital sign Uh there's a lot of research now saying that using your period and your menstrual cycle as one of your vital signs so like your Mm -hmm. blood pressure and like your heartbeat or all of that kind of stuff don't actually know the other vital signs just to be (laughs) It's really super important, right? Mm -hmm. And it's really important to see how you bleed and how you go throughout the month. There's a lot of conversation out there now about hormone imbalance and balancing your hormones and your hormones are out of whack and you've got to do all these crazy things. And actually, really, ladies, like you really just need to eat better, move more, drink more water, get a bit more sleep and have a little bit less stress, right? And start those things before you go crazy with the whole balancing of mm-hmm. the hormones. Not to say that some people's hormones aren't 
imbalance because I'm sure there are but a lot of people can solve their hormone imbalances by just looking at their sleep patterns their stress patterns and how they're moving and how they're fueling their bodies but it takes again it takes that awareness outside of the body and brings it back in and it shows and it gives a woman and a remembering they're, they've got an autonomy now they, they are the hero of their bodies they if you're a mama and you bring your baby to the doctor and you know there's something wrong and the doctor says oh you don't know what you're talking about you will stay there and you will fight for your baby right yeah but women don't tend to do that for themselves because we hand over our power and our authority to someone else because it's what we've been taught to mm-hmm. do understanding and tracking your menstrual cycle gives you that authority back because you have data if nothing else, you have data to bring to a GP or a doctor and say, this is this is it. This is what I've been going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really adds kudos to a woman, um, but it also empowers them as well because they understand what is going on in their body. How do you go about understanding that? Um, like, how do you see, like you were saying, like the type of bleed that you have or like, maybe how many days how do you get that information and understand what that means? So it's really simple. You just start to pay attention. And so I have a free cycle tracker, which I'm more than happy to send over for your listeners. But effectively, it is so day one of your bleed is day one. Not spotting, not cramps, but an actual full bleed, right? That is day one. And then you just track every single day until you bleed again. Right, so an average cycle can range from 25 days to 37, 32, 47, something like that. Not 47, but like 37-ish mm-hmm. days. So it's not this textbook 28-day cycle where you ovulate on day 14 and it's all like, it's not. Like, I've, I think I know one woman who ovulates on day 14 and has a 28-day cycle. Like, it's just not happening. And asking yourself these questions. And again, as a mama, once you're up and once the kids are up, your day is no longer yours. So I always advise women to sit for five minutes in bed with a notebook next to them. You can use a tracking app. Be mindful of which ones you use just because they're not always um, data protected. So sometimes that data will leak and be put into the hands of the wrong people. So do just be careful of that. But using that and just asking yourself super simple questions what's my stress levels like what's my sleep like how am i feeling emotionally so all of that is on the tracker and you can create your own tracker you can use this one you can jot it down in your notes app it doesn't really matter where you do it it's doing it consistently so to do that because i am not very consistent i would add a little note to my alarm clock so I'd have a post-it note on my alarm clock, cycle check. And that would get me into a habit of doing it. So my notebook and my pen was next to my bed. I'd get up, do my stretches. I'd groan that it, I was awake. And then I would do my cycle check-in. Um, and some women like to check their stress levels in the morning and then check their stress levels in the afternoon. Because sometimes our stress level rises and sometimes it drops. Now, it's key to understand your stress levels and how your stress levels and how the food you put into your body and how the drinks that you put into your body affect your cycle. So a lot of women will find that their cycle after Christmas is 10 times worse than their normal bleed because, and I'm sure you can guess, 
you've had really rich food, you've had a lot of alcohol, you've had a lot of sugar, there's been stress because hello family, Christmas gifts, like all of this stuff. So you've had all of this stuff and it started really in November, right? Because you had Thanksgiving. So you've had this whole like month and a bit of all of this rich food and these parties and these late nights and this stress and doesn't really lend itself to a nice pain-free bleed, right? So it's really important to just take five minutes to breathe, to check in. Some people like to put their hands on their hearts. Some people like to, you know, do your mudras, whatever you like to do. I don't really care. I'm not judging. I just want you to breathe, take a few moments, and just sit with how you are feeling. And if you feel anxiety or anything, you can note that down in the in the tracker, but it's not important. What I want you to focus on is how you slept, what your stress levels are like, and how you feel emotionally. And then once you've done that for like three months, you'll have a massive amount of data that you can start to pinpoint, oh, I was really stressed at this point and my cycle was really not great. Or every month on the 17th to the 19th, I get a bit aggro. I should put some boundaries around to make sure that that doesn't happen. Or I know every third month I have a really sort of, I'm really exhausted on my bleed. So maybe I should prep more in my autumn or ask someone for some support or freeze some meals or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, that is how you would go about doing it. That is so interesting. I love that idea. Um, cause my thought is when you're tracking, you're like, okay, this is day one of my cycle. And then I start my next cycle this day and that is it. Right. But tracking like your sleep and your stress levels and even possibly what you've been eating um, can affect it so much. And to have all that knowledge and how you're feeling in that and yeah, like how much more productive would you be? And would you be setting yourself up for success if you're like, okay, so these days I typically don't want to socialize, you know, instead of you set yourself up to do a girl's night and then you're beating yourself up because you don't want to go or it didn't go as planned and you're not feeling it. You know, how much better if you'd be like, hey, one day 14, I feel amazing. And these are the times that I would love to go out and socialize, right? And yeah. get all of your hard work done, right? And that's the beauty of it is that we aren't, our hormones are up and down every day, right? Because we're women. We are cyclical. It's the infradian rhythm. It's not I can't even think of what it's called, but like the male hormone is literally, right. this is what it is at 9am and this is what it is at 5pm 5, 5 and it's the same every day, right? During certain points of your month, you are going to want to go out. Your hormones have primed you for being forward facing, for being on podcasts, for being out with your friends, particularly if you're introverted. Yeah. Make sure that you plan stuff during your ovulation because that's when you want to go, right? Your body is saying, I want to make a baby. Yeah. You might not want to make a baby, <laughs> but your body wants to make a baby, okay? And to do that, you got to be around people. So you are much more inclined to want to go and have that girls' night, to want to go out dancing, to want to go and, you know, I don't know, go to the theater, whatever it is. You're a lot less inclined to do that if you're on your bleed. You're also a little less inclined to do that towards your later autumn because you are preparing for your bleed. So you're laser focused, right? You want to get stuff done. So if you need to declutter your house or move or um, you've got work that you need to finish up, you are much better suited hormonally and chemically to do it in your autumn. Um, 
And so, yeah, it's beautiful. And it's just another, it's like a crystal ball, really. If you can look at that and you're planning a holiday, well, who wants to go on a beach holiday when they've just started their period? Like, come on, nobody. But you can look at it and go, actually, I normally start around this time. So let's just postpone it a couple of days. And yeah, it doesn't always work. And sometimes things happen. But if you are pretty good in your stress management and your sleep habits and your your food, you'll stay pretty regular, right? So it's a nice little crystal ball to have to know what you can plan and prep for in the future. Yeah. I read this book about um, foods and your hormones and how it affects your cycle. And it was so interesting of how certain foods will... It'll make your lining thicker, which will affect how heavy your bleed is, and which in turn will have more cramping. Um, yeah, it was just a very, and I wish I could remember the name of the book. It was very, very interesting. There is a book called <laughs> sure, yeah. The Better Period Food Solution, oh. which is a brilliant book, and I can't remember who it's by, and I can't actually see the small print. Yeah. but it's a brilliant book as well because if you do struggle with hormone imbalances or really painful periods or endometriosis or PCOS it's a great book to use um to just get more knowledge on an on a nutritional basis I am not a nutritionist I will not tell you how to eat or what any of that stuff I will give you suggestions some women find that they will blend two seeds and then Mm -hmm. I think it's flax seeds sesame seeds lin seeds and something else and they'll have two in the first part of their cycle so their winter and their spring and then two in their spring and their uh, sorry summer and their autumn Mm -hmm. and they'll have that in their juices or whatever and a lot of women will report that they have much less painful periods they pretty much eradicate their pms um they don't have that the mood swings and things like that they have easier bleeds um and so a lot of women will try that approach to, just to help because it's an Ayurvedic thing, I believe. And, and quite a lot of women find that it's really helpful. Yeah, I did it for a while. It's called seed cycling. Oh, yeah. And yes, that's it. Yes, I loved it. I honestly have never felt better than when I was seed cycling. And I feel like I'm either pregnant or breastfeeding, so I never have a regular period anymore. But um, yes, when I had a time that I was having a regular cycle... I absolutely love seed cycling. So, so it's flaxseed. I have to look it up. But yes. Oh, linseed, sesame seeds. Flaxseed. That's going to bug me. Was it chia seed? And linseed, what is, oh. I don't know what, what is linseed because we clear, we definitely call it something different here in the U.S. Oh, I don't know. I thought it was linseed back home. I am American, but I forget sometimes. <laughs> I'll say American things in the UK and they're like, what? Yeah. Um, um, oh, I can't remember. Um, let's see. My Google's not working. But yes, I think overall there's a lot of holistic things out there and remedies out there that you can try. Here it is. Um, have you found it? Yes. Flaxseed, pumpkin seed, sunflower seed, and sesame seed. Oh, then it's not linseed at all. I'm pretty sure we <laughs> okay. do call them linseeds in the States, but so it's not at all. Okay. Anyway, I was telling you the wrong thing. I do apologize. <laughs> That's okay. Um, yeah. And again, it's so simple, isn't it? Yeah. Just grind it up, put it in a smoothie, yeah. 
put it in oatmeal, whatever it is. Yeah. And, and there you go. And it's little things. It's being proactive as opposed to reactive, like mm-hmm. you said. It's the little steps. And those, I mean, we say big little hinges swing big doors, right? So it's the little steps that you're taking every single day to get you to your goal. So what can I do today to get me to my goal of having pain-free periods? Or what can I do today to get me to a goal? Oh, it makes it a lot less daunting, I think. Yes, you froze for a second, but... Oh. Oh, is it me or is it... It's okay. No, I'm here. Did it yep. work? It is now. We're good. <laughs> okay. But yes, so um, it does make it a little less daunting if you have, if you are being more proactive than reactive. I loved yeah. to just putting them both, um, those two seeds on my cycle for um, in a food processor. And then I would make some like energy balls with like peanut butter or yeah. oats and like put that together. And I'd have my two weeks worth of seeds and I would just divide them up to 14 balls and that would be all my seeds all I had to do was eat it once like one ball a day oh, and it was so easy that is so smart <laughs> um yeah. and now I have not I'm not dedicated enough I got to get back into it <laughs> when I'm there but yeah it was very helpful yeah I mean it's it is really helpful and I think again setting you 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 were there you had the habit so mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to recreate that habit yeah if you've already had it before do you know what I mean so. yeah yeah. No, I love that. Awesome. So earlier you mentioned um, how healing your body, oh, sorry, healing your bond with your body is worth it. What do you mean by that? I think a lot of women, and again, I'm blatantly generalizing, yeah. I personally had a lot of self-worth issues and, and a lot of lack of love like I do I didn't deserve to be loved and I know a lot of women can have certain challenges around body image Mm -hmm. and self-worth and love and all of those kinds of things when I started to actually look at what my body could do and yeah don't get me wrong like there's still days where I'm like oh my god my stomach like I wish it could be I mean we all have those days right yeah but my self-worth whilst it's still a work in progress has definitely increased because I'm like, wow, look at what my body does every day. And I've started to view myself as a superhero, really. Yeah. I know it sounds really cheesy, but like I do view my menstrual cycle and what I can do during each of the different seasons like superpowers. There, no man can say, I am, I am well up for like partying this week, every single, you know, like, yeah day 14 to day 16 I'm 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 there like no man can say that so we have this crystal ball and that provides us with an insight that men don't have right and so I guess for me it helped me to heal my relationship with my body because it helped me to remember that I have an intuition and I have superpowers and I am worthy of them by default of just being a woman mm-hmm. um, and a lot of therapy. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I do believe that my journey to understanding how my body worked gave me the knowledge and therefore knowledge is power. And for me, knowledge is power, which equates to self-worth. Yeah. The more knowledgeable I am, the more I feel worthy of what it is I'm doing. And, and everyone will have a different path 
to Mm self-worth. But I do feel that having a connection with our bodies and our menstrual cycles is one step on the path to healing any challenge that you have, self-worth, love, whatever. That's so interesting because I definitely view it very similar with motherhood. I find the things that we can do are we are like superheroes. I mean, we can create life. We can sustain that life with breast milk and even like people, their stories of women lifting cars, you know, to save their baby. You will literally do anything. Like the power that we have in motherhood is insane and it's so empowering, you know? And I, I feel the same with birth. When you're giving birth, like I've literally created life and I've like welcomed with my own hands, like, and put the baby on my chest. I think it's so amazing. And it's interesting that you put it in the aspect of the menstrual cycle because I've never viewed it that way. I have read a book about menstrual cycle and how you should plan activities throughout your cycle. Very, But I feel like she was phrasing it more as we can't just do the same activities every day as women. And I love your, your view on it. Whereas like, well, men never get this instead. You know, yeah. we're, we have this crystal ball. And we know that on this day, we will be energized. We know this day, we're going to be hyper-focused, you know? And yeah, they just don't. They just don't. And however, they can probably push past some things and just get through it. But we know that, you know, I'm going to be great at, um, I'm trying to think of CrossFit. I don't know. What was the, uh, like, circuit training on these days? Yeah. But yoga is going to be amazing on these days, you know? And there's a lot to be said for cycle syncing a lot of things. I know that there were a lot of Instagrammers and TikTokers out there that are like, oh, you can only do CrossFit during this half of your cycle and you can only do um, yoga at the Mm -hmm. latter end of your cycle. And if that's how you feel, do it. I think the general consensus and what I try to explain or empower or impart is the understanding of what your body wants. Mm -hmm. My body never wants CrossFit ever. It doesn't (laughs) matter. It just does not want CrossFit ever. Lifting weights all the time. There's like two days a month that I won't go and lift weights. And no, I am not going to constantly progress in my weightlifting every day of the month because mm-hmm. I will be more tired on some days and I will find lifting a little bit harder. But I listen to my body and I go and I do what I can. Yeah. And so that to me is still a progression, right? And so you can cycle sync anything and everything if you want to. And that is your, your desire in life. Um, I don't cycle sync my workouts. Right. I cycle sync my business and I cycle sync a lot of things in my life. Um, but like life happens and sometimes it doesn't happen. Right. So like, let's be full transparency <laughs> here. I am human. So like, I, I would like for it always to happen, but it doesn't. Um, but there were lots of things out there. And I think the, the biggest takeaway is that it doesn't matter what you do as long as you are listening to your unique individual body and you understand what your unique individual body is saying. And, and I love how you bring it back to motherhood. But imagine if you were that empowered in your menstrual cycle yeah. before you became a mother, like how much more empowering that would be. And if you think about, you know, like you have a daughter, I have a daughter, she's 11, mm-hmm. you know, or nearly 11. She will be starting to menstruate soon. Her 
beginning will be so vastly different. Like I'm yeah. from New Orleans. So like my grandmother raised me, she gave me a pamphlet and that was it for my <laughs> menstrual cycle. Like nothing, it was nothing. And you know, my, her experience, my daughter's experience is gonna be so much different or so, so different and so much better than mine. And if we can just impart the positive about the menstrual cycle and you know and when they get older birth and motherhood and all of that mm-hmm. we can impart the positive or even the neutral because I understand positive sometimes for a period is not like you're pushing it there <laughs> not gonna happen but the knowledge and the positive and what the superpowers that we're getting right if we can impart that when you just start your cycle imagine how much different yeah your teens and your 20s and your 30s are gonna be yeah, exactly. Yeah, just being more self-aware. You could get yeah. so far in life. Yes, and also I think to not have such a negative outlook on something that you are going to have happen to you every single month for yeah. like, I don't know, 30, 40 years, depending <laughs> on when you start and when you stop. And then you get perimenopause, which is even more fun. And like, <laughs> and yet we know nothing. Mm-hmm. It's a good, for most women, a good 10 years of your life is spent in perimenopause. Do you know how many days are spent, how many years are spent in menopause? A day. Oh, really? And then you're postmenopausal. So you are perimenopausal. So the last cycle you have, so say you had a cycle on December 25th, 2021, and then you did not have a cycle on, until, like, until, again, so on December 25th, 2022, you're menopausal and then on december 26 2022 you are a postmenopause lady so congratulations (laughs) so you spend all of this time in perimenopause and then all of this time in postmenopause and one day in menopause how funny (laughs) but like we don't we're not taught this no i mean and i know you're young but like i'm 40 and so i'm i am in maybe perimenopause who knows it's all a guessing game here (laughs) And most women who have been in perimenopause for years have no idea that only one day is menopause and then you're postmenopausal. Yeah. So you feel more empowered now to know that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, menopause is something I've always been very intimidated about. (laughs) Yeah, I think it can be. And that in itself is disempowerment to the woman, right? Because I think you will find as you get older... And as you watch women get older, that by the time you hit 40, you kind of just shrug that shawl off and be like, I don't care anymore. <laughs> and you almost come into, I don't know how much you know about like the sacred feminine and the wounded maiden and the mother and the crone and all of that kind of stuff. But a lot of women spend a lot of their motherhood years as a wounded maiden because you haven't fully been allowed to heal that part of you because mm-hmm. it is what society wants you to be, right? By the time you hit 40, you're just like, done I am done with that and you go deep into the underworld and like you figure out and you emerge almost like a phoenix and there's just so much empowerment there and I keep using that word and I know it's really overused but you have so much self-awareness self-awareness and and just joy for life I think and if we can leave that intimidation at the front door and just be like, do you know what? It's just another It's just another journey for me to go on as a woman to end up bigger and better than what I was before. Yeah. 
if that makes sense. Yeah, I love I that. I get a bit passionate about it. <laughs> no, but really, like, knowledge is so much power, right? And there is no point where we are taught these things, you know? I had no idea that you don't typically ovulate on day 14. And so, yeah. you know, that's how sometimes you just have an, another baby that's unexpected because you're just like, if you are planning around avoiding day 14 and you end up ovulating on day 10, well, surprise, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And also you can still have a period and not have ov- and not ovulate. Mm-hmm. So the real star of this menstrual cycle show, yeah, isn't actually the bleed, like that messy bit at the end. It is ovulation. Yeah. So a lot of people have found that they will use basal body temperatures. Yeah. So I'm sure you've heard of the, you know, like there's a lot of femtech around so you can get the temp drop or you can get a daisy thermometer, you can get a normal thermometer, it's all fine. <laughs> um, I use a daisy, I like it, but it's not like it just whatever you've got really on hand and that is one of the only ways if you learn to chart your cycle that way that you can tell when you've ovulated but you also again when you start to pay attention to what your body is doing and how you're feeling you will also start to know notice how you feel around ovulation you will feel friskier You'll feel more sexy. You will feel like you want to put makeup on and do your hair and go out partying, right? Yeah. Cannot say the same for day one of your cycle. I mean, you might do, but most people won't feel sexy on day one of their cycle. I should also say that using a basal body temperature is a good way, but you can also um, tag team that with your cervical mucus because both of those together is how you can really sort of tell when ovulations happened but your body gives you signs too but you don't notice them when you don't pay attention to your body yeah isn't that interesting like um tracking I was tracking for a while when I was wanting to have another baby and I was thinking when you're tracking your cervical mucus and your temperature I was like there is no way it is the same like every day I have no idea and now I'm so much more aware but to have to be able to get pregnant a numerous amount of times and had no idea that my body went through the cycle and was showing signs of ovulation that were visible signs to go that far into adulthood and have no idea it's baffling you know I did read the book um taking charge of your fertility fertility yeah great one it is a great one and most women will only come to this because they're trying to get pregnant. Right. Because we're told we can get pregnant at any time and, oh, my God, don't have sex because you will just get pregnant. If you look at a boy, you're going to get pregnant. Yeah. And they go, I've been trying for a year and I'm still not pregnant. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Right? And it's because you can actually only conceive five to seven days out of the month. Yeah. Right? Um, and so a lot of women will come to you this cycle tracking and this fertility awareness method because they are struggling to conceive. Um, And I had a conversation with a fertility specialist um, last year, I think. uh, And she was saying something crazy, like the the percentage of people that have fertility trouble is like 60 or 70%. It could be higher than that. And that's only the people that report it. Yeah. You know, so like there is a huge percentage of our population, women and men, but women who are going through a fertility challenge. I was speaking to a woman this week um, 
and she she's got has unexplained infertility like yeah. this is just what they've told her and it's like well fine you can do all of these things but what is your gut health like she's like oh it's not that great i'm like well i would heal your gut first and i'm not a fertility specialist but there is such a link between our gut health and our menstrual cycle health that we just don't put two and two together really gut health is huge for every aspect of your body i think in your emotions and and your your biochemistry and or you know bio individuality or whatever it is Mm -hmm. um but yeah like i mean i know that when my stomach isn't great like because i've had and again a lot of it comes down to the food you've eaten right? right so the sugar the alcohol the rich food that doesn't sit well with my stomach it doesn't sit well with my cycle either if I'm struggling with my gut health, I'll most likely be more anxious and more stressed about stuff. I probably won't be sleeping as well either. So it's a huge ass, you know, it's, it's this huge cyclical thing. Mm-hmm. We're all, all in the cycle, right? Um, and also a lot of women, people in general, will find that their gut health isn't as optimal as it could be just because of the foods and the water yeah. and, you know, the different what's the word I'm looking for? Like the different um, chemicals and things that are in our foods and in our, our water and in the drinks we drink that we just put in our body because we don't have any other choice, right? Right. You know, lots of people need probiotics and prebiotics and vitamins and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. It's so interesting. I, I love, I'm obsessed with gut health. Um, I had no idea yeah. that it could affect your cycle or fertility. And it makes sense because it affects everything. Um, there's a book called Fiber Field and it just like blew my mind. I don't know if you've ever read it. It is not. Oh, so good. It came out a is couple years ago. Is it all about how much fiber we need? <laughs> yeah. He's very focused on fiber. Um, but he really goes in depth with the gut microbiome and how to optimize it by having a high fiber diet. It's amazing. But yeah, it's interesting how you can heal so much just by focusing on your gut and which is a whole another podcast that sounds amazing (laughs) yeah and I think it is and and again it's just one of those things that we're not taught about that either right you know we're taught that it's normal for us I mean I'm I was in a 90s child so I grew up on antibiotics right so like I probably haven't had decent gut health since I was five yeah (laughs) let's be honest um but we're taught that stomach aches and IBS and all of this stuff is normal or mm-hmm. back pain at 12 is normal. That is not normal. If you have back pain at 12, please do something. I had back pain at 12. It is not normal, right? Yeah. But we're taught that it is because our doctors say it's not, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's tough. Um, and that's so true. I, you know what's something interesting I heard recently is your gut microbiome can actually affect morning sickness, possibly. Oh, probably. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I could definitely see that because it affects your mental health and things yeah. like that as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably really... I mean, to be honest, my diet when I was pregnant was pretty horrific. I think I, I ate dry Cheerios. Yeah. Yum. And tins of vegetable soup and leek and potato soup. It's not too cold. bad. <laughs> it was cold. I wouldn't even heat it up. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, it was, yeah, not too bad, but equally not that amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I'm dealing with the morning sickness, it's, it's dry Cheerios and some bread. Yeah. That's how I get through yeah. the day. Uh, yeah. Don't blame me. Yeah. So, um, most women associate how heavy their flow is and that this just dictates how painful their period is. Is there something more that our body is telling us 
with a heavy flow? I mean, it depends on what heavy flow is, okay. right? So your heavy flow, if it's really heavy, mm -hmm. then it could be a sign of PCOS. It could also be a sign of endometriosis. Yeah. So I would say that if you're if you're going through multiple tampons in as many hours or yeah. sanitary pads or period pants, whatever it is that you're doing, and it isn't necessarily your normal, then I would get that checked out. It could indicate a multitude of things like fibroids or um, tumors or anything like that, not to like freak people out. Um, if it is your normal, then it's probably just your normal. Again, it would really did, it would be determined by how much blood you're losing. Some women will find that they do lose so much that they are anemic around the time that they have their bleed. Again, it really depends on if it is your normal or not. Um, but if you are feeling so drained and so tired and a hamburger and a steak doesn't make you feel better because of the iron, then I would definitely speak to a doctor. Um, girls, when they first start their cycle, may find that they are very irregular, but also very heavy. And that is because our hormones are trying to balance out when you're first starting your cycle. They haven't, hormones never level, but they haven't leveled out yet, if that makes sense. Yeah. So young girls can find when they first start their cycle that it is quite heavy and it does taper off after a while. But if you're worried, I would definitely just speak to your OBGYN. Yeah, for sure. Or GP. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I know um, endometriosis is definitely one that you always have to watch out for. But yeah, yeah our bodies tell us so much, I feel. Do yeah, no, they completely do. Yeah. Um, I think we already covered this a bit, but if you want to talk about, um, activities that you should or shouldn't plan around your cycle, is there things that you do with your business or with your personal, like your family life that you plan and don't plan around your cycle? So at the moment, because I'm, I seem to be getting every couple of, um, cycles, like cycle migraines, mm. I kind of just lay low for the first sort of day and a half, two days of my cycle. Um, Business-wise, in my winter, because I've got a bit of downtime because I'm taking time off, like I force my body to rest during my, my um, the first couple of days of my bleed just because I am so tired. Yeah, I like to dream about what my business can do and ideas and things. You can be quite prophetic in this stage of your cycle. And then when you come to your spring, so that's, I always say like, I believe for five days, so five to seven days, your estrogen starts to rise or at least mine does around day three or four. So you will start to feel your energy rising as well. So when you come into your spring, which may be day five or day seven, depending on your cycle, you will find in business that you are able to sit down and to look at things and to almost weed out what it is you want to do. You might want to shelve that idea. You might want to bring that idea. You might want to stop that idea altogether. You've also got more energy so you can burn the candle at both ends and not fatigue yourself too much. Do be careful. I do always equate the spring as like being a butterfly that's just come out of the cocoon right you still want to be quite gentle with yourself you don't want to it's not like the horse race or the the car race where you're shooting out of the start gate right you just want to be gentle and mindful of the energy that you have 
you're more likely to be able to focus on education at this point. And if you want to start a new hobby or activity or exercise program, mm -hmm. your hormones will be primed at this time to help you stick with that habit. Um, moving into your summer, this is your ovulation. So you think summer, you think, oh, 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 my God, I want to get out, I want to party, I want to do stuff. So these are really good times to plan launches in your business. It's a good time to plan podcast interviews or webinars or recording things. If you're doing a group program, you need videos. It's a great time to go out and network. It's a good time to meet friends, to go out and have that girls night if yeah. you want to. And then as you move into, ah, but I will say this, after ovulation, some women will find that they have PMS-like symptoms because your hormones tank if you've not fertilized the egg, right? So a few days after, or like the day or two after ovulation, you might find that you are a little bit more cranky. It's just because your hormones have dropped and they will come back up and level off a little bit. Just thought I'd mention that. Yeah. Moving into autumn or fall, fall this is a really good time to start wrapping up the projects that you're working on. So you're going to want to dot your I's and cross your T's. You're going to want to create boundaries. So you're a lot better at saying to someone, I don't need you in my life. Maybe not quite so harsh, <laughs> but you can say to people, this isn't working for me. Mm. I don't need you in my life. You're a lot better um, suited or equipped to declutter. So get rid of stuff. If you find that you naturally hold on to things, use this time to go through your closets and you are ruthless. Trust me, I have done it. It is amazing. You Marie Kondo everything is mm -hmm. fabulous. Um, and you also may find this time, particularly if you find that you are quite tired or you are a single mama because your husband's deployed or whatever, you may want to take this time to create some meals that you can just shove in the oven or buy some ready-made meals that are in the freezer, whatever, whatever works for you. Right. Um, and then you are moving into your winter again. And winter is a really great time to just relax, to dream, like I said earlier, and it isn't always possible. And I know that depending on what your life looks like, for me, if I'm having, because I work in a primary school as well, I'm a speech and language um, assistant therapist kind of thing, um, I will wear looser trousers if I know that I'm going to be at school. I will bring a hot water bottle or um, TENS machines are actually really good for cramps. So if you've had babies and you've used a TENS machine during your labor, it's actually quite good for cramps because it loosens the muscles. What's a TENS machine? I know. Yeah. It sounds crazy. <laughs> so you just don't put it up really, really high, but I've okay. got a little one. I mean, TENS machines, unfortunately, aren't very discreet. <laughs> the one I, or at least the one I used when yeah. I was in labor, wasn't very discreet. I've got, um, it's called Ovira and mm -hmm. it's really tiny and it's got little like, um, the, the nodes or whatever. Okay. And they're quite handy to be oh. able to put on if I know that I'm going to, have to be up and about at school quite a lot and I can't just sit at my desk um interesting so yeah that's another good little tip that you can yeah. have there yeah <laughs> yeah I love that yeah if um I think about all the times where I just like feel so motivated to get things done right and I'm just like I need to get rid of everything in my house like especially after Christmas right when you're in that perfect part of your cycle that you're primed to just be like I need to declutter this space so that I can just enjoy and relax in the next part yeah. of my cycle. And it's something that you don't even realize when you're in it. 
No, and also that's a beautiful aspect of the tracking is mm -hmm. that once you start to do it, I mean, I've done it for like 10 years, but once you're starting to do it and you're being fastidious and you're writing everything down, write those things down, mm -hmm. write how you felt that day. Like, oh, I felt more motivated. Oh, I felt really pretty today. Or, oh, I looked really nice in my dress because that will help you and give you an insight as to how your next months will go and how it will pan out. Because whilst we are cyclical and things change, it doesn't change that much. You can still see a pattern. If you've tracked for three months or six months, you can see the pattern of what you're like and yeah. how your life is like. Yeah. Crystal ball. It's pretty good. That is. I will have to do that. I've always tracked like what day I've started, mm. but other than that, I've never gone farther than that. But yeah. I've tried. But then when you have kids waking you up, the temperature has never been something <laughs> I've been... And that's more tricky, I think, because they say realistically you should track your temperature at the same time every day. Yeah. So you have really little ones, so you can't say, well, I know that no one's going to be up at half five, right? <laughs> right. Um, so that can be a little bit tricky. That's why people get the temp drop, I think, because they sleep in it. Oh. Um, and then there are other ones you can get that are like rings mm -hmm. also that you can sleep in. So if you are woken up, it isn't as much of a, a problem because you've got sort of a steady um, range of data from sleeping in, in the temp drop and things like that. Yeah, and I love that because I feel like that could be so helpful too if you are worried about or trying to get pregnant or trying to avoid pregnancy, like yes. the knowledge in this of knowing where you are in your cycle, not just in like, hey, I need focus on getting something done. Whereas like, I mean, homeschool comes to my mind, like when yes. I want to focus and get organized and get so much done with my kids, it's probably at that point in my cycle. But then also yeah. with having more kids, you know, the knowledge that you have would be so imagine how many people that are trying to get pregnant and are just trying on the wrong day. Yeah. And this is the thing, right? Like, you know, they always say like schedule it in, but <laughs> you know, I just, it just doesn't, it loses the spark. I think for me, when you, when you sort of say that, but it is really challenging unless you were going, you have to be proactive. I think if you've tried to get pregnant and it's not happening spontaneously, you know, it's not that, doing that doesn't make it any less natural or any more any less spontaneous it's just giving you information right data is good there's nothing wrong with having the information it empowers you to make different decisions and not every decision is going to be right five years from now but it was right at that time and so just having that information is great because you can look back at it from five you know maybe you won't look back at five years from now but i've had I've tracked on the Flow app for like seven or eight years, yeah. my period. Not necessarily my symptoms and things like that, but just, and it was very good information for me when I went, actually, my cycle's becoming more irregular. Why is that? Right. And then I was able to sit with it and go, actually, I've been a lot more stressed. I've not been sleeping very well. My food habits haven't been great. But having that data that spanned back five or seven years was really helpful right. on my, my app. Um, so yeah, it's just data. I love that. Yeah. It's very um, telling. I love that. Um, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, and it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. I think sometimes people mm. feel that they have failed or that they're wrong or they're broken. You are not broken. 
you just need and the data will help you to realize that you're not broken yeah I think that's so true and I I kind of always assumed that if my period was off it was something wrong with my hormones and I've never even thought about that like looking back and saying hey maybe it was just a really stressful time or I wasn't eating or sleeping well like I should be um, I do. I think I read if you're stressed, it could prolong it, right? Because it can prolong ovulation. Yeah. So sometimes with stress or like for myself personally, when I went back to the U.S. this past Easter, it was really stressful getting there. It was yeah. really stressful while we were there. And I went from having a 30 day cycle to having a 50 day cycle. Holy cow. Because of the stress. Yeah. And because of my knowledge and because I've tracked my cycle for so long, I didn't freak out. I was like, oh, my God, I'm pregnant. <laughs> I knew I wasn't pregnant. Or, oh, my gosh, there's something wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with me. It was the stress. Yeah. It was I had COVID in January. It was super stressful a few months before we went to the States. It was stressful while we were there. Like, there was this culmination of, like, stress. And it led to a 50-day cycle. And I probably didn't ovulate that month either. Like, right. I'm pretty sure that my my app never showed me ovulating. So, yeah. you know, again, sometimes we don't ovulate. Yeah, that if, that, that isn't great. <laughs> yeah, because if your body's so stressed, now is not the time to have a baby, you know, and your body will respond. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. All right. So can you tell us how we find you online? Yes. If there's any more you'd like to share. I'm over um, on Instagram, on and off. I'm not very active, but if you DM me, I will always respond. Um, I am in stories quite a lot. Okay. And that is at I am Sarah, so S-A-R-A-H, Burn, B as in boy, Y-R-N-E. My website is sarahburnwellness.com. So you can find um, my program over there. You can send me a message. We can chat. It doesn't really matter. I love connecting on Instagram or the website. I love connecting with anyone and everyone. And I really like talking about periods. So (laughs) DM me. (laughs) I'm sure a lot of people have questions. Yes. And and also, I think as well, like, don't ever think that your question is stupid. No question is ever stupid. It's only stupid if you don't ask it. Yeah. Like, ask me. I love answering questions. Manifesting generator, sacral, I am built to respond to your questions. So please ask me so that I can live my life in, in the correct design. <laughs> Let me respond. Nice. Yeah. I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate this conversation and having you on. And thank you everyone for listening. I will see you all next week on the Early Motherhood Bi- Early Motherhood Guide podcast. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. Yes, thank you.